The PBS animated short Jelly Ben and Pogo premiered in October 2021. It made waves in television as the first cartoon to feature Filipinos as lead characters on a major children's network. The show centers around a sister and a brother who embark on spectacular adventures with their sea monster friend Pogo. Creator and writer Jalisa Leva sits down with us to talk about answering the call to be daring and creative in her work, the inspiration behind her vibrant and hilarious characters, and what this series means to Filipinos in America. I'm Denny. And I'm Veronica. Stay with us for the next episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses Club. Uh, I was about to say the Vulgar Geniuses Club. The Vulgar Geniuses Podcast. We, we are a club, but we're only a, we're also a podcast. Hello. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get it together. Today's <laughs> a fun night. <laughs> yes, it is. And we are your hosts. My name is Denny. And I am Veronica. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Jalisa Leva. Uh, she is the creator and director of the PBS Kids animated short series, Jelly, Ben, and Pogo. She has spent the last few years developing her animation career in Atlanta, Georgia, where she has worked on projects for Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Sesame Workshop, and more. Um, Jalisa has also launched a Phil Am character brand called Toto O Sorry Sorry Store that shares the colorful and cute side of Filipino culture. She hopes to continue supporting the Phil Am community through her art and being a voice of authentic representation. Um, so a little bit information on this show before we we bring uh, Jalisa in onto the conversation. Um, Just in case you don't have a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> which is currently running around the house right now. Um, but Jelly Ben and Pogo is a an animated series um, of three minute shorts that's featured on PBS Kids, and it features uh, two siblings, uh, Jelly and Ben, who embark on an amazing adventures with their sea monster friend Pogo. So we are so happy and overjoyed to have Jalisa on our show to talk about this wonderful series. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. That's awesome. While she was doing that intro, like in my head, the little theme song of Jelly Ben and Pogo is just playing. <laughs> it's on, it's on repeat. And I'm like, this would eventually pan, pass away, but it's still there. <laughs> no, it's really catchy. It's very catchy. If I hum it at some point, please forgive me. <laughs> okay. Please don't charge us PBS if you're listening. <laughs> That's true. So because you do an animated series for children, um, and we most of our interviews have been with YA authors, um, and you are the first who is a television show, we like to put you all in a little hot seat with some questions before we get to the meat of the conversation, just to loosen you up and have fun. So this is uh, Denny's favorite part of Is the, it really? It is. It is. <laughs> So these are just like five little easy questions. Nothing too big. You know, your your answer might change later. Um, So the first question is, what is your favorite karaoke song? I I think it's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. (laughs) Because like it doesn't have to be Christmas. I will always sing that at every karaoke session. (laughs) That is hilarious. Because it's, it, it is it is it it's uh, a song that we also like to sing in this household i i know mariah carey is very happy at that answer we hope that she's listening so she knows <laughs> what is your- I, I i will say i butcher it every time i am not good at singing but i will push through the pain every time 
what is karaoke if you don't butcher a song like people who sing it like they're professionals that's not I agree they it's not they're it's not where you do that (laughs) (laughs) we're not in the voice (laughs) um your favorite Filipino food dessert or meal both go go for it okay um meal maybe I think kare kare still Oh, that's my um, favorite. That's my favorite. And when I was it's pregnant, so I was I was allergic to the the fish paste. Yes. Oh no. So I I literally was crying. First <laughs> first hormones, but second, you know, that's my favorite. No, I'd cry too. Of course. <laughs> anyway, now the dessert. Uh definitely my mom's leche plan because it's just so good it's like creamy it's like no air bubbles in it she has that recipe down that is good what is in that because I don't I don't know what that dessert is it's like custard but a hundred times better it has has that that's accurate (laughs) it's like creamy like milky eggy but not too eggy and then it has the syrup on the top it's giving me goosebumps okay (laughs) and I can't make it because you know it's not my forte (laughs) so this question is from Veronica if you if your life was made into a movie who would you want to play you oh I've gotten this question before I think it was like in a card game or something with friends I literally had no answer (laughs) because I can't I don't know and also because I I watch a lot of TV in America and I don't see a lot of Filipina actors anyway. So I'm like, I don't know who would be me. So I, I really don't have an answer. I guess me, <laughs> I'll just be myself. Go ahead, make that money. <laughs> Tell your own story. Be like The Rock telling his own story. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, what is a special talent that no one knows about you? I don't know if no one knows, but I, I can play the cello and I've, I've gotten to play at Carnegie Hall two times, which is really cool. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't play it that much anymore. It was it's definitely I'm pretty rusty now. <laughs> oh, not too many people can say I've played at Carnegie Hall. Like, I know. That's what's up. But just deal. like during your high school years. Yeah. And then I played a bit in college too and did like some paid gigs then. But um, once I went to art school, I just like, I didn't have an orchestra I could be a part of anymore. So I just kind of stopped playing. Oh, do you do you still have one? Like, do you fuck around with it every now and then? Or you just stop? Yeah. Every now and then I'll get an itch and I'll play for like a week straight and get brand new blisters and calluses. <laughs> and then I'll stop again for another year. And I don't know. Now I just revisit it whenever like the urge is there. Okay. Okay. And last but not the least, your most favorite thing about being a Filipino? It's hard to say because I think the cha- the answer changes <laughs> depending on the day. Sometimes it's the food, sometimes it's the people. I think like right now it's the community and it's like I'm really starting to find more Filipinos where I am like actively doing it whereas before it was just kind of like I don't know where they are and that's kind of where I was with it but now I'm really interested in finding more people like me and I'm really enjoying connecting over that and how quickly we bond because we're all Filipino it's just like like just saying like I like kare kare automatically we're both like oh yeah 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 and I can understand the pain of not being able to eat bagoong. Like, yes. I get it. <laughs> so I, I love that, like, quick connection. And I love, like, finding that with new people. Yeah, and community is definitely important, especially with, with people of your own, where you can connect, be it, you know, uh, you know, heritage or interests. It, it really speaks volumes of what it, what it means. Um, so your show is, it was a wonderful discovery um it was one evening i watched her son she works in healthcare, and so you know on on certain days where she's at work you know i'll i'll watch him and we were trying to find something different to watch on tv and he has an obsession with sesame street but i was like i feel like we tapped out 
right now on Sesame Street. We need to try something new. And I saw this show pop up and I'm like, oh, let's see what this is. And the first episode we watched was about Hollow Hollow. And I knew that we had hit the jackpot because I had never seen anything like that. And Denny's son is at an age where he is beginning to have a better understanding of things pertaining to his Filipino heritage and culture. Mm -hmm. And this show reinforces those conversations and experiences that he's having right now. When you think back on how this show continues to touch and connect with not only the young kids, but parents, what is it to create something that is evidence of how important representation is in media? I, I honestly think first and foremost, it's healing, um, mainly because of the feedback that I've gotten from so many people and not just kids, but actually mostly adults who say that this has been really healing for their inner child and you know, it's, it's something that you don't know you're missing that feeling until you see it. And then when you do see it, you're just overwhelmed with like, wow, this is what it means to feel seen. This is what it's like when someone gets it right and they understand me and I don't have to explain anything. Like, it's just me and that's it. And it gets to be mine. So I think it's just on top of being healing for the adults, for the kids, I think it's necessary. And I know it's difficult to represent every type of person, but um, I think we have an overwhelming amount of certain representation in media. And it's, it's high time we start talking about the communities that have existed forever, especially the Filipino-American community that's been so intertwined in, in this country that it's high time we got a piece of media for ourselves to, to feel like we're noticed and we're seen and our experiences here are absolutely valid. Yeah, this is definitely a very historic thing. You know, um, whenever I'm talking about Black History Month with people who are not Black, I always reiterate that Black history is American history. And the same goes for, for Filipino um, history, right? Because we carry so much of what this country is and a lot of that gets, you know, dismissed or erased. Um, and with shows like, this particular show that you have created, it allows for people to say, okay, not only do these people exist in this country and, and that they have a place, but you are now like cement, cementing that not only for, you know, us grownups coming into understanding of everything that's Filipino culture, but as well for these children that are, that are growing up. And I, you know, on behalf of what you are doing, I just want to say thank you for that because it's, it just shows you how important and it, it is for the, for everybody to bear witness to. Yeah. Cause you. you know, grow, growing up, I grew up in the Philippines. So to me, like seeing like something like this being presented in PBS one of your episodes made me cry it's one of like oh. when when we when when we see when <laughs> when we went when we went to the cemetery because I'm like nobody mm. like I think has presented this like this piece of like what we do every year when somebody dies in this manner where it's just like this is what we do and this is how we do it it's you know and you don't have to explain it like you said like it is what it is it's either you take it in or you watch another show but hopefully you stay because it's really cool you know and it kind of humanizes us too and be like oh you know maybe other people do kind of like a certain type of thing too and it's relatable right so it expands world views in my head but mm -hmm. also really makes me seen but yeah that episode really I, I was like, why am I crying? And Veronica was like, yes, you are. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it touched you. Like, and, and to like build off what you were saying that we just present it as it is. Like that, I, that was so important for us to normalize Jelly and Ben's family and see things from their perspective instead of, you now I think when we talk about cultural, anything cultural that isn't American culture in a lot of other media, like it it's always an other it's oh this is what they do it's their thing and now you just get to watch jelly and ben's family be themselves 
and you're just invited to see that instead of making it a spectacle like look how different they are look how odd they are the weird one is pogo it's not jelly and ben they're they're the ones inviting pogo into their their life yeah and i think that's that's really like you know something to think about as an adult when having children around you and how you you educate children on what normal means Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like because when when my son would see other kids around him he's like oh they're you know he's now at the age that those he'll see like oh his hair is different like he's starting to see like oh maybe he's a little bit you know lighter than me or darker than me but seeing himself like reflected in like the tv that he watches i think would have like really great impact as he's growing up so i hope Mm -hmm. you know that and thank you for for doing it you know um speaking of doing it my son wanted the trompo so bad that's oh my gosh really (laughs) he can talk about <laughs> and he's asking me why the why the dad's trompo was broken why we turn it into a whale all the things why does it have a pillow inside the seat the the box why so to stop this madness <laughs> you know i i went to amazon and get trompos and who oh was, really <laughs> yeah we did and who was teaching us my dad (laughs) oh that's so amazing it was so cool because I've never seen him actually like be really invested in like playing something and then all of a sudden he was like the expert (laughs) teaching teaching like my in-laws my in-laws are Chinese so they know about like you know a top what and what it does Mm -hmm. but everybody was doing it that one day and my dad was like I got this (laughs) that's amazing I love that it it was it was so it was so much fun so but um there are certain Filipino topics that you've highlighted in Jelly Ben and Pogo and you know one of them is like you know playing trompo which is so simple but it's so fascinating to me um how did you choose from all the all that is quintessential Filipino the ones that you would incorporate like in a specific episode Oh man, I mean, there were definitely a lot we didn't get to talk about that I'd want to. And um, I I think we mainly started with figuring out like a design problem and then building the story and naturally seeing like what Filipino themes fit with that. Because at its core, like we're still trying to teach the main curriculum of Jellybun and Pogo is uh, creative design thinking. So, you know, every time they run into a problem, they use design thinking to solve it and use empathy to figure out what that person really needs or that blizzard really needs so it always started with some kind of need and once we figured out like oh what if someone's upset that something broke it's like oh that's a great idea that's a great story what's the thing that breaks and then I would come up usually or even Joy Regulano who's another one of our writers she's also Filipino-American she would come up with an idea and we'd we'd hash it out in a writer's room thinking like, okay, like what if they break a toy? It's like, what could the toy be? Let's make it Filipino. Like there's plenty of Filipino toys that that we could break in this episode. So it was like that. And I think we had a lot of ideas that we have stored for the future that um, we didn't get to talk about because there's just so many concepts that we didn't even get to talk about dances and certain music. So yeah, there's, there's a lot more to go. We just had to whittle it down, I guess, to what, what we could talk about just for one season. How did you get started in this animation journey? Uh, school. I took probably the most textbook route you could take and got a lot of luck along the way. But um, I was in Clemson University for a year and I was studying computer science and I hated it so much. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't realize that I had to understand computers so much, I, which was probably <laughs> in hindsight, I don't know why I thought I could get away with just starting learning that in college, but I found out they had a master's program that did like the back end of animation, which is a very like program heavy half. 
Um, and then I, it dawned on me then that like, oh, if people are simulating water in these movies, somebody's drawing these characters. So I went, I transferred to SCAD Atlanta and, you know, the rest is history, majored in animation there. Were you like drawing as a kid? Like, were you already in that, that space or was that something that you discovered in that moment of that class? Oh yeah, no, I've always been drawing and making stories. Like we have home videos where I like stole my dad's camcorder and like me and my little brother would make little like shorts with our like stuffed animals and there's one with like a really intense cliffhanger ending because we ran out of tape and didn't realize it. <laughs> so it's like right before the character reveals they're like I have a big secret to tell you guys it just cuts off oh. and when <laughs> my family was watching it they're like what's the secret and we're like oh I don't know I, I guess it cut off and they're like <laughs> we were invested <laughs> Do you still have those videos? I wish. I really wish. I have one from like college, but at that point it was, you know, kind of already somewhat knew what I was doing at the point. So I don't have the ones when I was a kid. Maybe you all should like revisit those ideas and then and and do it old school style and have it like, you know, family reunion, like we're gonna do the video showing, but then also like cut it, it off. <laughs> yeah. Never give them the satisfaction. <laughs> She did it again. <laughs> Why did you choose to to make a, a you know a cartoon TV show based on you and your brothers? Uh, spite for <laughs> honestly. Yes, the answer that I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I get done when I'm angry about something, but um, <laughs> and I think honestly I've come to terms with that. I think that like anger can be a great motivator and if you funnel it into the right direction it can be powerful and honestly I was just really irritated at at pitches I was seeing and I don't know why for some reason for the longest time I didn't think I was worthy of making one so I just got so annoyed I'm like I'm gonna make something I'm just gonna make it I'm gonna make it exactly what I want it to be and I'm gonna push for it and that's that's kind of how it started. I just went home, was drawing everything, and like Pogo was the first thing I drew. And I had this idea of like Pogo, like a sea monster and a girl, something I don't know. And um, brought it to one of my coworkers. Was like, "What well, do you want to help me make this? I kind of want to make it Filipino because that's what I know." Mm. Um, and he was all for it. And you know, I built a little band of coworkers. Like we were all around the same age, and we really wanted to. I think prove ourselves and show that we we were capable of like crafting something really great so yeah just a lot of, a lot of spiteful energy I think. <laughs> at what point did you tell them that this show was based on them um I from the very beginning I think like once I figured I wanted to be Filipino I I I just I'm not really a writer so I figured I'm just going to stick to what I know for now because I'm, I'm very inexperienced in this. So I really wrote characters that were a lot like me and my brothers, like the Jelly Ben and Pogo is just me and my two brothers, <laughs> the <laughs> nicest versions of us possible. <laughs> yeah, there's no fighting in Jelly Ben and Pogo, mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit. Yeah. They disagree, but they, they don't fight. They're just, they're so kind. <laughs> they're very kind. And yeah. it's always something for somebody <laughs> <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> no you're right they always make it super duper for someone <laughs> so uh, people of color are always told that our stories are not relatable that nobody would care to consume our content did you mm -hmm. encounter any resistance while pursuing your Filipino culture as majority of the content um from PBS kids no if anything the network was pushing for more Filipino representation. I, I really was hoping it could take a back seat. And it's like, it's these kids and their sea monster and also they're Filipino, but that's not the focus. Um, but they really wanted us to have episodes that like focused on the culture and we're really excited about it. And that's really what encouraged like me to embrace that because I have heard that what you said way more than I've heard what PBS Kids was saying. So I really didn't expect them to want it I really thought that we'd have to downplay it 
Um, but they were game for every idea, even, you know, araw ng mga patay, like they were so game for it and really worked with us to make sure we could talk about it in a respectful way. So I think the only resistance we were met with was from kid testing. But even then, that's, you know, grain of salt sort of advice that you would consider it as. Shout out to previous kids, man. Like for for pushing more more of that content, because mm-hmm. yeah, I you know you tell me that I was also like kind of surprised that oh they actually wanted more. Mm-hmm. So there's a niche. We are here <laughs> anyway. Your show, um, your show is a part of one of the major uh, children's net television networks in in the world, and PBS Kid. It's comprised of groundbreaking shows such as Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How did your Jelly Bean and Pogo become a part of PBS? And what is it for you to see your creation become a part of this major mover in, in the children's industry? I mean, I'm, I'm honored that we're working with them because, you know, when you think of children's content, everyone thinks PBS Kids is like the golden child. They can do no wrong. <laughs> they, you know, when, when diversity was a, became a much more serious topic for everybody PBS kids was just reiterating what they were already doing like they've right. been doing that and they just are, are staying on track essentially so I think it's been a really great fit for us um as in terms of how we got on there it was always for PBS kids so um we developed this pitch for an RFD for PBS kids that they had sent out. So they were looking for new original IP and we pitched this specifically for them. Um, And we actually lost that first pitch, (laughs) but um, they came back to us and said like, you know, we love the concept so much that, yeah, it's not a good fit for this first initial pitch, but can you develop it as a show? And um, that's kind of how we moved forward with them. Oh, wow. So my son's favorite character is Pogo, just so you know. Every time I ask him, no matter what he's doing, the answer is Pogo. <laughs> Why did you choose this like character, like like you said, a sea monster to go with Jelly and Ben? Uh, I mean, because she's fun. Like, she's just a fun shape and she's fun to anime. And yeah, I had a professor in SCAD who always told us like, if if there's no reason to animate it, then don't animate it and make it live action. So Pogo is that magical element that is like justification to animate this. Otherwise, it could very well just be a live action show. <laughs> They're just normal kids making normal stuff. So I, I just want to make sure there was some kind of magic to it. Um, and Pogo's just so cool. And she she lets us do a lot of fun stuff because she's so tall and like bendy and she lives underwater. And now we get to see what that looks like. She she adds a whole other facet to it. I love her. I love her house. <laughs> it's so cute. Right? <laughs> if you were to put an age on Pogo, what would what would it be? How old is Pogo? So I, we kind of went back and forth canonically on this. <laughs> like she's because she's not human. So she's older but like mentally she's the same age as jelly like she's kind of like an eight-year-old in her head Mm -hmm. um but sea monsters in our world live longer than people do yeah i dig it like a like a thousand year old sea monster (laughs) (laughs) um so you know you've done a lot so far um and what seems to be quite a short amount of time and so we were just curious is if you were to go back to be at your college or or high school or whatever and you're talking to someone what advice would you be what what advice would be the major advice that you would give a young person who wants to pursue art as a career path i i'd say the advice i give now which is to build community while you do it and it's foolish to think that you'll be able to create anything great all by yourself. It's way too much. Like animation already is a team effort. And it's kind of why I love the medium anyway. It requires more than one person to really make it. I mean, I guess you could solo it. But, you know, once you bring audio in and 
all these other parts and mediums that are part of it like you really need a team of people and I think that on top of creating community that you will work with it's important to just create community that will support you even outside of work because it's it's a I think it's a difficult industry to be in it's very demanding and you know if if you don't have that support system to help you stay balanced and healthy and make sure that you're not overworking yourself, things like that. Um, it makes it really hard to, to stay in this industry. I'm glad that you brought that up because that brings us to our next question, which is a viewer question. What would your question be to the jelly bean and pogo lady? <laughs> How did you make the tape and pogo tea? So that is Denny's. So that is Denny's son, and we've asked him this question several times, and it is always the same question. So he wanted to know how you made it, and you know, we were curious as to the process of the creation process of the show. So you were talking about how important having the right people to make a team is, and we wanted to know like how long does it take to animate, to do the voices, edit, all for this three-minute episode. Ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> and that's his the question. whole pipeline. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, okay, so like I said, animation is lots of mediums coming together. And I'll start from production. So after we've done years of development, because we started developing in 2018, uh, we started production in last year, 2021, like early 2021. Um, and it was a few months we finished in October and we like really started in February. So about eight months of production. And we have several departments that work together to make this. So for like one episode and there's multiple going on at the same time, but for one episode, if we were to follow its life, you know, it starts in the writer's room, which is me, Steve Mank and Joy Regulano coming up with random ideas, throwing things in the wall, seeing what sticks. And then once we get a concept down, that gets turned into a script. And once the script is approved, that moves to storyboards, which is basically like these sticky note kind of size drawings that visually show us what the pace is going to look like with the script and how it fits into three minutes, if it fits into three minutes, and chopping that down to make sure it fits. Once that looks good, we record that audio and it also gets animated um, right after all the audio gets recorded so we go to our voice talents which was you know an amazing team of not just uh, like we had folks from like Florida but we had people in the Philippines we had people in the Middle East like our voice team is very global so we would do all this on Zoom um, record all the voices and then the animated over what their voices are and that that's probably the biggest chunk of time is getting it all animated and then it's cut together we add sound music sound effects so every time you get a boing or smack like that gets added in there um and then any final post-production stuff so if there are any effects or color correction things like that necessary then that gets added Oh, and also backgrounds and props are being done while animation is happening. So um, any like backgrounds that were hinted at, like if they're at the beach, the background team gets an idea of like what that layout looks like. So they paint and color that while the animation team is already animating. And if they're holding a paintbrush, that paintbrush gets designed and passed off to the animators so that they can put it in the character's hand and animate it in their shot. So all that happens and then yeah and then post-production and then final approvals pbs kids gives our their thumbs up on it and comes out the door <laughs> all 20 of them <laughs> was there ever a moment where they they hit you up and say well can you maybe change the dialogue here or do something different with the animation or was everything that you sent like thumbs up every single time they were the easiest client <laughs> I, I think also too, um, I, I'm very used to, because when I was working at Primal Screen, they mostly do client work. And this is kind of our first, this was the first ever like original IP that was created in-house that we got to make. So 
we are very used to clients being very picky about what they want and essentially telling us what to do. So anything away from that felt like total freedom. (laughs) We were just always shocked. We were waiting for the foot to drop the whole time. Like they're just going to, they're going to scrap a character. Something's going to happen. Like something is going to explode right at the end, but no, all the way through and through, they're like, yep, that's great. Looks good. We trust you, whatever you want to make, just put that in it, I guess. Wow. (laughs) Like total faith in us, which is really terrifying and also an honor, but the only episode where we got some back and forth was the the day of the dead one and rightfully so like that that went back and forth during the script stage because it was so important how we talked about death right right yeah that that absolutely is one of my other favorites along with the hollow hollow one um to be able like you said to have that conversation about death and and how we remember um, our loved ones but when we think about how you know we love a show and we're like why won't they make more why isn't it not longer why is it not 30 minutes per episode <laughs> oh my gosh no <laughs> and it's that reaction that lets us know of how much work goes yes. into creating that three minute piece like you're talking about over the course of what two three years that you all were talking and then got to actually meet up and and got the work done to present us with what like 20 episodes or something like that of three minutes so you know it's a lot that goes into making a show but we never know so you know thank you for answering that question for us because it gives us an insight on like how all of that gets put together I'm just greedy it's like you fed me with you fed me with it and I'm just like eh, I want more you know because I'm like why is this not longer I'm like in my head Veronica why is that even five minutes it's always like three minutes and 11 seconds how did y'all decide that three was like your your stopping point uh I think like PBS kids was the one that told us that they wanted to do shorts specifically so they proposed short format and we were like sure this is our first time I'd rather start at three minutes than a full like 11 because <laughs> that's daunting. But um, we went with three because I think they said like two to five minutes was what they were thinking. And I think when we started writing stories, three minutes made the most sense to get the stories across. And it's long enough to captivate a, a attention span of a toddler. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, and, and, and then whenever an episode ends he's like what's next (laughs) (laughs) so if you read the credits um like you I I just want to go back to like the voicing I know you voice Ben yeah which is so cool to me because when you first entered I'm like I'm talking to Ben (laughs) (laughs) but how how did you get all those people involved like you said it's like a world like your your voice actors are like worldwide like how did that happen did you help choose them or PBS was like this is the one that I want you to choose no they definitely let us choose um and I was pretty adamant about any Filipino character having to have some sort of Filipino heritage as well or at least that was a very very strong preference of mine um mostly because they speak the Gagog and they I you know, wanted to make sure that when they said those words, it felt natural. Um, so we, it was a difficult search. <laughs> so we went online and we were looking for folks. So we found Vanille um, online. Like we found her website and listened to a lot of her voice samples and like her voice was so great. So we actually reached out to her to audition. We said, please audition for this role. She's amazing. And she, once we heard our audition, like she was set. She, I think she was like the first person that we decided on. Um, Lola was a little difficult. You know, we went to like certain spaces where we would just post like, hey, we're looking for someone to voice a Filipino character. Um, and we got a lot of crazy auditions, especially for Ben. <laughs> like we put on there that he's like a seven-year-old boy. And we got grown men like auditioning with... <laughs> like a fully dropped voice like <laughs> coming in being like no Lola we're gonna do something special for you and I'm like oh, what that's the scariest <laughs> seven-year-old so when did you know like okay let me I'll just do Ben's voice 
we didn't find anyone. So we, we kind of exhausted all our resources. We we're getting to the point where we needed somebody or running out of time. And um, my sound guy, so Steve, who's also the writer, and my animation director, Joe, were both like, you should do it. You should do it. Like, you sound like your voice is right from it. And I just, I, I was avoiding saying, like, I'll just do it because I have no voice acting experience. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it feels weird to, like, cast yourself in your own show. So I was really uncomfortable at first about it. And they're like, just try it, you know, like, try to do the voice. And if it's if it works, then it works. So thankfully, they were really encouraging about it. And I ended up having to re-record, like, the first three episodes at the end of the season because... I was so inexperienced that his voice changed <laughs> by the end because <laughs> I finally figured it out by episode 20. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> so <laughs> episode one through three, it's like all over the place. It sounds like me just like this and the register was all wrong. <laughs> so And he sounds British in another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. I don't know how that <laughs> But I was like, you were singing. Ben likes to sing you 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 would like drop it like with that episode when he was like singing with his like little microphone oh that one is so cool and 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 I'm like I think that's when I was like who voices Ben and then I looked at the credits oh my god she does it (laughs) and you know like my three-year-old my almost three-year-old couldn't care less but I was like that is the cutest thing to me by the way it's funny my parents literally didn't recognize my voice I when I first showed it to them I'm like guess who I voice and they were like oh jelly and I'm like no not jelly and they go oh it's pogo and I'm like no not pogo and they're like the mom like, really <laughs> they, they were like who and I'm like Ben you don't hear it and they're like oh yeah I guess it does sound like <laughs> I'm your daughter what do you mean <laughs> when when you first show this to your parents like what was their like initial reaction did did you did you tell them I'm, I'm assuming you told them like oh this is a story about me and my brothers because I just wanted that I just wanted to know what they were like like first reaction they were like oh this is it it's done yeah, I, I mean, they've been there for the whole journey. So I didn't get to do like a big reveal, like, guess what? I made a show because they were there for all the ups and downs throughout it. So way back when we were having our first calls with PBS Kids in like 2018, like they already knew that I was getting excited about a project. And I had already talked to my brothers being like, how would you describe yourself trying to like write these characters? So my family was already like well aware. Um, that I was trying to develop this story so when it finally aired you know they weren't like surprised but just kind of you know generally like parent proud and sending it to every Filipino they knew (laughs) being like oh watch this my daughter made it (laughs) (laughs) well that's what I do now like with my friends I'm like um you're not Filipino but you should watch this this is really cute (laughs) sea monster and a little boy like my son that was that's my pitch so and then i would like screenshot it and like it's bbs kids you should download the app if you have roku you should do this so just so you know i love that your son is in there it's like it looks like my son so if you don't watch then you just like you're hating on my son and that's right (laughs) tap into that guilt it's very effective get those views (laughs) so um this is really for me no I I guess Kai my, my son's name is Kyra he was asking about the sticker he wants a oh sticker. yeah so will you be selling like merchandise you know maybe like books like birthday party favors for like <laughs> or a stuffed animal like a stuffed pogo like I would buy that <laughs> I would too I I honestly would really love merch um Right now, I, I don't know when, if when it'll happen. Um, the only thing I have are like stickers that I got printed myself because <laughs> I was like, I'm not waiting. I just need these stickers right now. Um, 
I think that it calls for for us to start a writing campaign to the marketing <laughs> department at PBS and be like, hey, when is this gonna come into the stores? The mom go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Bring your pitchforks, like I won't stop you. You're gonna <laughs> tell them like, hey, we need this. I'm yeah. all for it. So I'm like, it's what what is it now? Like March? We have April, May, June, July, five months before my son's birthday to make this <laughs> a birthday party theme. Okay. Shout out to PBS and their, what do you call like their merchant, what do you call it? Merchandise department, marketing, marketing, development, whatever. Little, get on it. little children, happy making department. <laughs> Where's your DIY Pabitin kits to buy for birthdays? (laughs) Like, like, you know, put up in a party city. I'm telling you, it was like sold out. Buy everything. I'd buy it all and collect it like a precious box of things. (laughs) You know, make your, like, make that room. People can't see it, but behind uh, Jalissa is, um, the picture of like jelly ben and pogo's room i guess jelly and ben's room in the back yeah the background so that would be there's like- actually a, a dream ball right here see oh, oh see, that's right. look at it see, we're there got all the- easter egg <laughs> see and then you can just put happy birthday in the middle that's it <laughs> <laughs> see if they can sell this for sesame street they can sell it for ben and pogo <laughs> I'm telling you, we're gonna make it. Happen. You're hired, like you, need to go in there. <laughs> you think people are laughing when I talk about this, but I'm very, very serious about it. Yeah, she is. We I were am. already like, oh, you can design it. We can do it on cardboard. We were like, how trying to figure out how to do it for his birthday. And I'm like, where is the merchandise? I think if we create it and they see it, then they'll be like, yeah. oh, onto something. We could be making money off of this. <laughs> And then and they'll, they'll be sue like, us and tell us season desist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, at PBS Kids, where you at? <laughs> you know, cake toppers, they are sleeping on it. Anyway, like rage. I'm telling you, rage would rage. Dusting. Yes. So Go ahead. The most important question we want to know after talking to you about this show is when are we going to get a season two? Oh man, <laughs> we already know we can't get 30. 30 but minutes. uh, when can we expect the next rollout? <laughs> uh, there, there's nothing solid yet. Uh, there's there's interest, and uh, I hope there's as much interest PBS kids as there is with the, the original crew, and we definitely want to make more so um it's not dead by any means like this is not I hope I don't feel like this is the one and done only season I feel like there's there's much more ahead for Jelly Bean Pogo I hope so because I'm then I'm gonna write another letter (laughs) (laughs) write those letters (laughs) like hey PBS the letter that changed the world (laughs) I I need you to support my girl (laughs) where is it at So um, outside of uh, all things Jelly Ben and Pogo, uh, will you talk to us about Toto'o, Sorry Sorry Store, and your Dinksy Doodles? Yeah, so um, Dinksy Doodles LLC is, is something I started like on my own free time making like fan art. And I realized that I really like going to cons and selling merch. I, I love having a little shop, you know, like connection with your fans and people who like your work it's very direct when you do events like that so once I got that bug like I realized I don't want to make fan art anymore I want to make my own thing and what do I see is missing and it's like this like I I feel like we need more cute Filipino stuff and I'm a huge Sunrio fan like I love like I love BT21 also. I love Lion Friends and Kaka Friends, like all these cute characters. I love these character brands. And I really just want ones that are like for Filipinos and Filipino Americans. So that's why I started Toto'o Sari Sari Store. And it's just kind of us throwing our hat in the ring and being like, you know, here are our characters. This is what they could look like. So it has like a character called Lolo Jr. And he's 
he looks like my grandpa <laughs> and his main character traits is he just like naps and farts like all the time <laughs> and he just says quips in Tagalog and like the the cute snacks that I draw and like desserts and foods are all like Filipino foods but really really cute so it's definitely like my own personal passion project that I'm pursuing and if anyone is in Atlanta, like in May, um, I'll be there with a booth for um, Omocon. And that'll be the first time like launching it in person. So I'm really excited to see how people react to it. Oh, when, when, in, when in May? What dates? Dates? I think the 27th to 29th. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, as we wait for our merch for Jelly Bin and Pogo, this is, this is a good uh, placeholder for that. I've gone on the website. It's very, very, very cute. And so oh, thanks. Y'all, if you can't make it to Atlanta, then you just get up on that www. What's the, what's the, what's the address? It's totoo.store. So T-O-T-O-O dot store. And I'm also on Instagram. So totoo underscore sari sari underscore store and that's you can keep up with all the new products and stuff that i'm making on there well there you go can't you just make a good like a little bit jelly and pogo merch there underground <laughs> <laughs> just a sticker i mean i don't want to get a cease and desist so. <laughs> <laughs> pbs kids uh close to, i mean you know this is the time that you stop listening to our podcast <laughs> Thank you. We, we loved having you here <laughs> Well, now we've come to the last question that we like to ask all of our guests, and uh, we want to know your top five. And since you are in animation, we want to know your top five favorite cartoons of all time. Oh, my gosh. So feature and like shorts and everything like all kinds of whatever whatever is your top and we know this list might change when you get off this zoom call with us (laughs) i know i hate that thought (laughs) so in you know this time with us these are your top five in this moment you have to think of yours i'll pick a couple from each thing so in terms of feature just because that's been on my mind lately um i love fantasia and Fantasia 2000 I just those are great and for someone who loves when music and animation come together that was just a dream to watch every time um I guess Inside Out is one of the top ones I just watched that for the first time last last year that one's a really good movie they mess you up because it's pretty it's pretty yeah. rough <laughs> It hits those heartstrings. You get teared up right there. Just bing bong. Like, I <laughs> and yeah. then the Coco. Like, uh, that's oh nice. my gosh. I can't hear that song without. Me too. Oh my God. <laughs> like, why? Every time. And then, you know, what, what? what's the hardest thing about it is when my son, when I would like force my son to watch it, he's like, where's Vivo? <laughs> <laughs> denying her the pleasure as all children do when you want them to love the things that you love (laughs) as as far as shows go I Spongebob has a very special place in my heart I I I, like if I quote Spongebob and whoever I'm hanging out with doesn't understand the quote it's a red flag so (laughs) I know the friendship's gonna suffer (laughs) But if you know it, best friends immediately. <laughs> You're cool people. I, and like, as far as art goes, I think Amazing World of Gumball is just incredible. It's admirable how they combined all those styles. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous show. Um, yeah, and I don't have any favorite shorts. It's hard. You put on the spot. I love so many of them for different reasons. Like some just for <laughs> art alone, some for story alone. So but I think that's like five things. So I'll stop there. I think that's a good solid list right there. And you can definitely see the influences that those have had on, on your work and um, where you're where you're taking this new wave of animation um, and what you have brought to us in our home and to be able to witness this on television is a grand thing. And we 
are so um, happy that you have created this show. Um, I'm definitely going to tell every single friend. I, I had a conversation about it today um, because I think everyone should definitely watch it to show people like this is possible. This is what you can do with television and that the door is wide open for the possibilities and they're all endless. So just thank you for being now the, the door holder, no longer a gatekeeping situation, you know, <laughs> that you are holding that door open for everybody because you were able to push through it. So thank you so much for that. I'm, thank you. I'm, I'm just really curious. So from Jelly, Ben and Pogo, who are you in Jelly, Ben and Pogo? Oh, I'm Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me to color code something, I will do it happily. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I'm so anal about so many things. Like I <laughs> don't know how like Ben and Pogo deal with her sometimes that's, that's me to T most of the time because <laughs> to be like my Ben is my favorite yeah you know they with a that's why when he when he did the little karaoke I'm like this is my guy right here <laughs> Ben is Ben's my little brother for sure like he was very quiet very sweet and I would kill anybody that harmed him so Jelly's like very protective of him the same way and my older brother is like Pogo, like just a wild card and has like crazy ideas. <laughs> has fun. He knows how to have fun. Aww. Well, what a wonderful love letter to your family and to to your your culture and heritage and, and just the, your love for art and animation. Um, again, just thank you so much for joining us on this show. It's been a wonderful time talking. And this is a special gift because this is our anniversary uh, episode. Um, it, we're marking two years and to be able to get to this point and talking to such amazing creators such as yourself, yourself uh, it, means, it means a lot. And your shelf in the back. <laughs> congratulations on two years that's awesome thank you yes and we're very excited and you know like I think you know this because we primarily like did books from from the beginning and now we're doing like artists and creators and I think this episode I would love to show or like because you know we don't we don't show like the video of this to the masses it's only like a podcast but I think this one I would like treasure because I would show this to like my son and be like look that's Ben voice <laughs> she did it that's why you can watch the show and you know hopefully at that time he'll be able to understand you know what this means for all of us and mm -hmm. so yeah this this is really remarkable and you know congratulations to all your success I know there's a lot of like Filipinos backing you up. We have interviews everywhere. You have interviews in the Philippines. You got it. Don't worry about it. You just, <laughs> you know, I know you get nervous because they're like big names over there, but you're a big name here. So you got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Filipinos really come out of the woodwork when anything Filipino happens. They just come out of every tree. Like, did you see that? <laughs> they're Filipino. <laughs> did you know that? I'm Filipino. We should support that. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, we're everywhere. We're everywhere in yeah. the world. So I'm still yep. waiting on that episode, though, where you go to the hospital and you see me. I'm <laughs> 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 you know, but <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I'll write okay, okay, okay. to PBS first. <laughs> we have a lot of things on our to-do list. Get Murph, number one. <laughs> get merch then be featured in episode <laughs> i mean i just want season two <laughs> well we can't wait to see what's next for you thank you so much for for joining us today yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure all right you take care okay good night you too. good night Bye. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. 
When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.